Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Good Friday to you. Just right off the top, I'll be on Hannity tonight. Not sure exactly what time, so you might want to check in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. I like doing his show. He gives me a lot of time to speak, so I think you'll enjoy that. So I'm looking at the news today, and I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And I know immigration's a big issue. We've talked about immigration for a long, long time, and we will again. But the history of immigration, those of you who have purchased Liberty and Tyranny, all 1.5 million of you, and those of you who listen to this program regularly, you know all about the history of immigration. You know all about the early days of immigration. You know all about what took place in the 1960s. You know all about how it was changed in the Senate with the support of uh, Ted Kennedy. Uh, You know about the period between uh, Coolidge and really the 1960s, which was a respite for assimilation. We've talked about all this over the years. The law that changed everything was called the Hart-Seller Act. We've talked about that. So I'm not going to bore you and go back. So I got to thinking, okay, look, I know why you're here. So let's do it. I want to give you a little history, a little context that relates to what's going on today. And I think I'll do this somewhat on the Hannity Show, too. As I have written this book, Unfreedom of the Press, I think there's some issues here that are worth discussing and remembering. Now, we sit here and we say to ourselves, how did this get started, this collusion thing and the FBI and the intelligence agencies and so forth? Well, as I research this book, I can tell you how it got started. There's a history of Democrats using police state powers against their opponents. Now, while it's done sometimes by some Republicans, there is a history and pattern of Democrats doing it. I want to walk you through this. You're going to know more than anybody else. Franklin Roosevelt used the Internal Revenue Service to go after several of his biggest political opponents, even some people who weren't his political opponents. Andrew Mellon was a great Treasury Secretary. He was Treasury Secretary under the Coolidge administration. And he was a very wealthy man, self-made man. He's a Republican and very much a libertarian in many ways. Roosevelt hated him. Nobody's sure exactly why, because he wasn't a personally, you know, repugnant person in any way. He was very well liked. But Roosevelt wanted to destroy him. 
So Roosevelt, after he gets elected, he calls in his new Treasury Secretary, Henry Morgenthau. And he directs him to get Andrew Mellon through the IRS. We have a new toy now, you see. Now that we have the uh, income tax, we have a new toy. And this poor guy, who could defend lawyers and accountants and so forth, who hadn't broken any laws, who had paid his taxes and then some, investigation after investigation. Morgenthau knew he was innocent, but it didn't matter. Roosevelt wanted him taken out. And Mellon offered to pay a fine or a penalty if they could find find a fine or a penalty. But Roosevelt told Morgenthau no deals. He wanted him in prison, which didn't happen. Eventually gets to a tax court or something to akin to it back then. And even there, the judge says, I don't understand why we're here. So you've got prosecutors prosecuting Mellon, years and years of his tax returns under attack, and he's an innocent man. All the newspapers back then ran a lot of stories about that. No, they didn't. They didn't run any stories about it. Roosevelt looks at the political horizon, and he's concerned about an individual who he's afraid might challenge him in the Democrat primary next time around from the left, the populist left. He's a former governor of Louisiana, now senator of Louisiana. His name is Huey Long. And in many ways, the Huey Long circle was very crooked. Calls in Morgenthau, and he says, Huey Long. He's a sitting United States senator, a Democrat from Louisiana. He's audited. The people around him are audited. His family's audited. Some of the people around him are charged. Some of them are convicted. He's assassinated in the Capitol building in Louisiana before any of these tax matters against him come to a conclusion. There's a newspaper in Philadelphia called the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's owned by a Republican family. The owner was an immigrant from Europe, Jewish, came here with nothing, and he built up his wealth, and he purchased the Philadelphia Inquirer. His name was Moses Annenberg. They called him Mo. He was opponent of the New Deal. He was also competing with another newspaper in Philadelphia, which was doing very poorly. But the newspaper was a big supporter of Franklin Roosevelt and the New Deal, and the newspaper publisher was a good friend of Morgenthau's and would often see President FDR. FDR ordered the IRS to investigate him, Annenberg. Annenberg would contact Morgenthau and say, look, I'll do whatever you want. What do you want from me? Just, you know, this is becoming burdensome, heavy. It's, it's a heavy burden. He said, no, we don't want anything. They wanted to put him in jail, too. They wanted to knock him out as a political power in Pennsylvania, which then was Republican. 
And Roosevelt also wanted to help his friend, the other publisher of the other paper, which was getting its, uh, which was getting, uh, was doing very poorly in competition with the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he wanted to help them by putting Annenberg out of business. He failed to do it, but it's a miserable experience for Annenberg. He did this with others. Eleanor Roosevelt was very upset about the Gannett newspapers. So she, through surrogates, asked and had the IRS investigate the, the Gannett newspapers and that publisher. And it goes on and on. Stick with me here. These history lessons are important. And I'm barely touching the surface. This is all in the book, but it's relevant to what's going on today. That's the reason I've done it. Roosevelt wasn't the only one. John Kennedy. John Kennedy looked at an enormous number of IRS filings. So did his brother, Robert. John Kennedy would use the IRS filings of very wealthy people who opposed him. He would use the IRS filings of organizations that opposed him. But he even went further. He would use the FBI. He got access to FBI files. And one person in particular who he was very, very friendly with was Ben Bradley. Bradley and his wife and John Kennedy and Jackie O were as tight as tight could be for most of their... uh, Most of the time, there was a little separation of two or three months when they all got mad at each other. But anyway, Bradley knew that Kennedy was getting IRS information, which he's not allowed to do. And Bradley knew that Kennedy was trying to leak FBI file information against his opponents because Bradley was the recipient of some of the information. And at that point, he was working with Newsweek, and he never reported it. He went along with it. Bradley did. Multiple examples. Same with Lyndon Johnson. Now the Kennedys put wiretaps on Martin Luther King's phones. Everybody said, well, that was J. Edgar Hoover. Well, of course it was J. Edgar Hoover. He was director of the FBI, but the attorney general and the president could have stopped it, and they didn't. And as a matter of fact, they wanted information about him, too. Not to blackmail him, but they wanted to know what he was up to, so politically and otherwise. A Martin Luther King. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson bugged the Goldwater campaign headquarters and had taps placed on his phone and a phone of others so he could know what the Goldwater campaign was discussing. Lyndon Johnson was so concerned about his vice president, Hubert Humphrey, who was running for president after Johnson decided not to, what his position would be on Vietnam. He had Humphrey's phones tapped. Lyndon Johnson, the Democrat convention in Atlantic City, was so concerned about the Kennedys and others being challenged from the left, he had J. Edgar Hoover send several FBI agents to the Atlantic City Convention Center to monitor what was taking place, and to bug some of his opponents. Shocked? I had to dig through a lot of 
dusty books to get this information. But it's out there. But among the worst, Barack Obama. But of course he knew nothing. Doesn't know a thing about how the IRS went after the Tea Party, which was a, and is, a very powerful opposition force to his ideology and to his politics. All of a sudden, all on their own, bureaucrats at the IRS in Cincinnati and elsewhere, on their own, they decided, you know what, we're not going to approve their IRS status, we're going to give them hell, we're going to make them give us all kinds of information. All hatched in the bowels of the bureaucracy, not the White House, of course. And Obama would say, you know, it's just not a big deal. And the press agreed with him. The FBI under Obama was sicked onto the Associated Press and around 20 of its reporters who were who are the subjects of surveillance. As you know, James Rosen, a reporter for Fox, same thing. Subject of surveillance, and so were his parents. A reporter, an investigative reporter for the New York Times, for seven years, they threatened him with prosecution. They claimed that he was aiding and abetting under the Espionage Act. Now, why am I mentioning all this? Do you think the Democrat Party with this history and Obama with what took place in his administration with the IRS and the FBI and the Department of Justice, do you really think he didn't know anything about what they were doing to Donald Trump in the course of the campaign? That they kept the White House out of this? That this happened at the senior level of the FBI and happened at the senior level Department of Justice? That the president's top intelligence people were running around and the president, Obama at the time, didn't know about it. Now, I brought this up a year, year and a half ago on Fox. So you'll hear some of the backbenchers regurgitate this. But what they won't give you is perspective and context because they don't know it. They'll know it now and then they'll give it to you tomorrow. But you understand what I'm saying. I am saying Democrat presidents and the Democrat Party have done these things. Why do you think the House Democrats are focused on Trump's taxes? Because they're used to going after people's taxes. Franklin Roosevelt, John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson. Now you might say, what about Nixon? Well, he did. But Nixon inherited that whole mindset, that whole practice from his predecessors. He just figured that's what you do. Of course, they went after him. And ironically, the Washington Post, headed by Ben Bradley, went after Richard Nixon for, among other things, using the IRS and the FBI illegally. When Ben Bradley knew that John Kennedy had used the IRS and the FBI illegally. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus. 
the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, dot Hillsdale, dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Donald Trump hasn't done any of these things. Donald Trump hasn't done any of these things. Hasn't used the IRS against anybody. Hasn't used the FBI against anybody. And yet they keep claiming that he's some kind of dictator in waiting. He's Hitler and so forth. Can't point to a single example where he has abused these police state powers. Not one. We can point to many where Obama did. But they give him cover. They make, make excuses. Because of the nature of the press. It's ideology. It's collective ideology. It's collective partisanship. And there's other things. Jim Acosta's writing a book. Unfortunately, it's coming out on my dad's birthday, June 11th. I talk about Jim Acosta briefly in my own book. So I'm very pleased mine's coming out before his. Jim Acosta's a fraud. He's not a newsman. He's a fraud. He doesn't report news, ladies and gentlemen. He tries to make news and he tries to promote himself. He's an example of the nature of the modern narcissistic media. Where they take things that a Republican president will do and they turn it into an impeachable offense. And they ignore things that Democrat presidents do and pretend they never happened. The House of Representatives wants the president's tax returns. I'm not surprised. The Democrat House of Representatives, I want you to hear me now because you'll hear the others repeat this. They are seeking to use the threat of impeachment to blackmail this president. I will explain what I mean by that when we return. That's right. The threat of impeachment to blackmail this president. I'll be right back. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound 
to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. Conservative and proud of it. Call the Mark Levin Show at 877-381-3811. Now, something really wonderful, interesting has happened, and that is that um, if you go to Amazon.com, right now and you look up on freedom of the press it is 40 percent off i didn't know that you want to strike while it's hot because it's not always discounted that deeply so on freedom of the press if you pre-order now you can get it at 40 percent off the retail's 28 dollars, but you can get it for 16 dollars and 80 cents that's a pretty damn good deal hasn't come out yet but it certainly will there's a lot more i want to discuss on touch on this as well so this Acosta is writing a book. And in the press release from his publisher, they're hyping the hell out of it. They want you to believe that the First Amendment, and particularly freedom of the press, is under grave threat. That we've never seen anything like this before in American history. That Jim Acosta is standing up bravely to this tyrant or would-be tyrant. Because, you see, Donald Trump keeps calling the press, or at least aspects of the press, the enemy of the people. He's Stalin, he's Hitler, he's Mussolini, you've heard it. We've never seen a president like this attack the media. The New York Times publisher, the great-great-grandson of the original owner. We've never seen anything like this, he says. The president uses the language of tyrants, or some such thing. They're full of crap. And when you read my book, you'll know they're full of crap. Just to touch on it again. John Adams was a tremendous founding father. A tremendous founding father. As president, our second president, he was watching what had taken place in France, this French Revolution, which was horrific. With summary executions. Mob mentality. Populism gone nuts, gone gone to anarchy. It went on for 10 years. The guillotine never stopped. People who had been loyal to the revolution were being executed now. You know, the, the purity test. And he was concerned. He was concerned that that sort of thing might catch on in America. Plus, he wanted to defeat his opponents. This new party, this Republican Party, and his former friend, who would become his best buddy, of course, late in life, but that would be Thomas Jefferson. And so he and his party control Congress, he controls the presidency, and they put in the Alien and Sedition Acts. These are two different laws. The Sedition Act made criticizing the presidency or Congress or their policies 
a federal crime. Justified again under protecting the country from a potential revolution of the sorts they saw, the sort they saw in France. Well, Jefferson was much, very much a libertarian in this respect. Now, Adams, he was quite serious about this law. And so certain journalists were put in prison. Certain newspapers were shut down. And he wasn't the only one. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln didn't put out an order to shut down newspapers, but he didn't put out an order to stop it either. When his generals or Secretary Stanton put out the order, they shut down around 300 newspapers, many of them in the South, but some in the North that were not sympathetic to the war. And they put a number of journalists in prison. Lincoln. Jumped to Woodrow Wilson, the great progressive. Woodrow Wilson, the great progressive. He set up an elaborate and extensive propaganda and censorship operation. Using government resources. He put in place, with the Democrats helping him in Congress, a brand new Sedition Act. Through amendments to the Espionage Act. He not only put some reporters in prison, he put some of his opponents in prison. And again, I elaborate on that in the book. That's Woodrow Wilson. Franklin Roosevelt also created a propaganda campaign. I'll give you an example of what else Roosevelt did. Radio was relatively new. And you had to get a license from the FCC, which was relatively new. The license for a radio station would run three years. He lessened it to six months. Do you know why, Mr. Producer? Because they withhold licenses from station owners who didn't support the New Deal. So rather than waiting three years, they would look every six months. And we can go on to more modern presidents like Obama. So how can it be said when you actually understand history, when you actually understand the conduct of other presidents, how can it be said by Jim Acosta writing an entire book on this subject that Donald Trump is the greatest threat or something of that sort to the the press that we've ever seen or seen in modern times? How can you say that? And yet he will say that because he's not a journalist. I don't care if you dress him up. He's not a journalist. He's a mouthpiece. When you look at the Trump presidency, I'm quite serious about this. There has been not a scintilla, a hint of information that he's done anything tawdry in the Oval Office with interns or anybody else. There's none of that. None. They can talk about before he was president. Whatever happened then, who knows? I don't know. But I know as president, there's been nothing. You can't say that about Clinton. You can't say that about Johnson. You can't say that about Kennedy. You can't say that about FDR. And yet they try and paint a picture of a man who's the sleaziest to ever be in the Oval Office. They didn't care what these other presidents did before they became president. When he was a senator... 
John Kennedy, I don't know if he called an affair. Well, he slept with an East German spy. Then when he decided to run for president, she was quickly removed from the United States. When he was president, among others, he slept with a mob boss's girlfriend. A 19-year-old intern. Secretaries right outside his office. All kinds of people. Media could care less. This is when he was president. Johnson was even worse, and Johnson was crude. It's funny. You look at Trump's tweets, and we've never had a president. Yes, we have. Stop lying. In fact, Johnson was awful in the way he treated other people, the way he conducted himself. In the White House, in the Oval Office, as Senate Majority Leader. It was abusive. And profane in every respect. But they loved Johnson. Because of the great society. They hated him over the Vietnam War. But they loved him for the great society. So they would only attack him so much. Look how they unleash on Trump. Who's done nothing. 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 When I said earlier that the Democrats in the House are using impeachment now to try and blackmail the president. I don't mean they're sending him a letter, do this or else. I mean they are trying to bring him to his knees, and they keep waving around impeachment. We want your tax returns. We want your bank statements. We want this. We want that. And we're going to go after your kids. We're going to go after your son-in-law. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They want to break this man, and they hang impeachment over his head. That's why they're going nuts over the Mueller report. That's why we want to see all the Mueller report. What is the Mueller report? What are the demands for the Mueller report? What would you call this? We've talked about this before. But now I'm I'm really elaborating on it in the book. It's a pseudo-event. It's not a real event. President didn't commit any acts of collusion. Nobody in the Trump campaign committed any acts of collusion. So why are we arguing over a report? Because it's a pseudo-event, or as the president likes to say, fake news. Why are the news channels obsessing over when the report will be released? Barr put out a statement, said probably by the middle of April. That's the big news tonight. Well, why is that news at all? That's a pseudo-event. Collusion was a pseudo-event. The report's a pseudo-event. What they do with the report's a pseudo-event. And they use these pseudo-events... To drive the narrative. To create this phony reality. Oh, look at this. The President of the United States. He committed these offenses. He needs to be impeached. These are concoctions. These are fabrications. They're not news. Now, what else happens? We've talked briefly about this, but I want to elaborate. What happens when the pseudo-event is over? And this is really Daniel Borston in his book, who became the uh, head of the Library of Congress, miraculously, I don't know how. As he points out, you need more pseudo-events. The pseudo-events can never end. Pseudo-events spawn pseudo-events. So first it was the fact of collusion, they tell us. Then it's the fact of the special counsel. Then it's the fact of obstruction. Then it's the fact of the report. Then it's a fact the report is... This goes on and on and on. And it has to go on and on. Because it's a phony matter. 
And that's what the media are doing. One pseudo event after another. That's why they can't stand back and reform themselves. That's why there can't be any circumspection. They can't look in the mirror. They got to get on to the next pseudo event. And they drive it from a progressive slash Democrat party mindset. Because that's who they are. Maybe I'm getting into too much at once here and so forth, but I think you're going to find all this incredibly fascinating. I found it incredibly fascinating when I was doing my research. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever wished you knew more about how politics and our Constitution work? Could you explain the key differences between capitalism and socialism? Wish you knew more about American history? Well, I have good news for you. It's not too late to learn no matter how busy you are or how long it's been since you've been in college or high school. And you can do it for free. Because my friends at Hillsdale College, as a service to our country, have free online courses that provide a taste of the core curriculum that every Hillsdale College student takes. The core that teaches us how to think critically and act virtuously. And it can help you, too. Getting started is very simple. Just sign up for one or more of Hillsdale's most popular online courses for free. And you can learn whenever you like. Visit online.hillsdale.edu right now. That's online.hillsdale.edu. Join right now and you'll be on your way to a rich, meaningful education. Again, that's online.hillsdale.edu. gentlemen breaking news at the right scoop former nevada democrat lawmaker accuses biden of really creepy behavior lucy flores she says this was an incredibly difficult thing to do but something that felt necessary it took a while before i found the words and the support that made me feel like well this was finally a story i could tell and here's what she said happened I found my way to the holding room for speakers. She's a Democrat. Where everyone was chatting, taking photos, and getting ready to speak to the hundreds of voters in the audience. I believe she was a locally elected Democrat. Just before the speeches, we were ushered to the side of the stage where we lined up by order of introduction. As I was taking deep breaths and preparing myself to make my case to the crowd, I felt two hands on my shoulders. I froze. Why is the Vice President of the United States touching me? I felt him get closer to me from behind. He leaned further in and inhaled my hair. I was mortified. I thought to myself, I didn't wash my hair today, and the Vice President of the United States is smelling it. And also, what in the actual F? Why is the Vice President of the United States smelling my hair? He proceeded to plant a big, slow kiss on the back of my head. My brain couldn't process what was happening. I was embarrassed. I was shocked. I was confused. There's a Spanish saying, and I can't read it. It means, earth, swallow me whole. I couldn't move, and I couldn't say anything. I wanted nothing more than to get Biden away from me. My name was called, and I was never happier to get on the stage in front of the audience. Time passed, and pictures started to surface of Vice President Biden getting uncomfortably close with women and young girls, Biden nuzzling the neck of the defense secretary's wife, Biden kissing a senator's wife on the lips, Biden whispering into women's ears, Biden snuggling female constituents. I saw obvious discomfort in the women's faces, and Biden, I'm sure, never thought twice about how it made them feel. 
I knew I couldn't say anything publicly about what those pictures surfaced for me. My anger and my resentment grew. I'm not suggesting that Biden broke any laws, but the transgressions that society deems minor or doesn't even see as transgressions often feel considerable to the person on the receiving end. That imbalance of power and attention is the whole point and the whole problem. Wow, Mr. Producer. I wonder if the Kavanaugh test applies to Biden. No due process and no innocent until proven guilty. I kind of wanted Biden to stay in the race, though. I, I understand he's got a bigger percentage support among Democrats than most. But in the end, he's really a dumb guy. I just feel like he'd be easy to kick around like a uh, deflated soccer ball. I don't know what to make of this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what to make of allegations of this sort that pop up years and years later. But I know if I'm a liberal Democrat, it's the Me Too movement, baby. Me Too movement. That should mean Biden's done, right? Plus, he's running around the country anyway saying he's white and that's a problem. I'm white. I don't white. Can't wash this off. I'm white. I don't know what to do. I'm white. Well, maybe now you know what to do. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. You know, Mr. Producer, this show Biden... Plugs, I used to call him. I guess we can call him Hands now. Hands Biden. Uh, you know, like Clarence uh, uh, Thomas hearing. Uh, maybe he's the one that uh, did that with that Coke can. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't put it past him. Not now. But, you know, we've all seen on video how creepy he is, haven't we? The swearing in on the Senate floor, how he touches people. There's definitely something a little strange about the guy. There has been for a very long time. But Democrats like strange people who run for president, and they don't even mind if they molest people. Like, Clinton had a long reputation going in. Didn't matter. They defended him pretty much to the end. Now they throw him overboard, but not before. They always enjoyed Teddy. Teddy was always accused of doing something uh, grotesque. That southern border, ladies and gentlemen, is getting worse and worse and worse. We are becoming overwhelmed with people invading our country from all over the world coming through the southern border. The president is desperately trying everything he can, everything in his power. He's being attacked by the Democrats and some pseudo-conservative Republicans. The Democrats are doing nothing about what's going on on the border, and it is a Disaster. It is a crisis. Now, Jed Johnson used to be, <clears throat> excuse me, the Secretary of Department of the Department of Homeland Security, and he was on the Morning Schmo show. And of course, so was uh, Mr. Banjo Deliverance. That would be the Morning Schmo. But here's what he had to say. Cut to go. 
And my staff will tell you, if it was under 1,000 apprehensions the day before, that was a relatively good number. And if it was above 1,000, it was a relatively bad number, and I was going to be in a bad mood the whole day. On Tuesday, there were 4,000 apprehensions. I know that 1,000 overwhelms the system. I cannot begin to imagine what 4,000 a day looks like. So we are truly in a crisis. We are truly in a crisis. So why do the Democrats deny it? These are rhetorical questions. We know why. Why do the Democrats insist that this crisis continue? Don't they care about their country? Don't they care about the citizens of this country? Don't they care about the well-being of the communities on the border? They say they're very concerned about government employees when we have these pseudo-shutdowns. Are they concerned about only certain government employees? And not others? What about ICE? What about the Border Patrol? What about all the government employees related to that? He's telling you 4,000 apprehensions on the border. That is truly a crisis. Quote, we are truly in a crisis. And I hope all the uh, judges out there listening, when they sit down in their cloistered conference rooms with uh, three or four clerks, what do you think, Cindy? Well, I don't really think we're in a crisis. When's the last time you were at the border? What border? What do you think, Frank? Uh, I don't think there's a crisis, uh, Your Honor. I don't think there's a crisis. Why is that? Because, you know, Maxine Waters says there's not a crisis. Okay, Frankie. And down the clerk line we go. What these judges and justices should do is say, hey, look, we don't see any problem here. This is a political decision. Uh, You guys passed these statutes. It was perfectly fine almost 50 years ago. President's following the rules. We don't see a separation of powers problem here. He is the commander-in-chief after all. He does get to secure the border after all. But here we have Jed Johnson, an Obamaite, but who headed DHS saying, um, we got a big crisis on the border? This isn't a joke? Robert Perez is the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Deputy Commissioner, and he was on the Constipated News Network today. Cut three, go. So, look, we are beyond the breaking point. We have reached an unprecedented level with respect to this crisis situation. The amount of undocumented migrants that are uh, arriving along our southern border. Uh, We hit a historic high last month with over 76,000. We're projecting that we're going to encounter over 100,000 this month right now. Oh, I don't think these numbers are sinking in. Over 100,000 people, 100,000 people at the border. And at any given time, you know, they say we have twenty, twenty-five thousand border, but they're not all working. They're not all working at any given time, and that's a long damn border. And they're doing this because the Democrats are encouraging this. They're motivating them. They're doing everything they can to block the president from securing the border. This really is incredible. I don't believe we've ever had a situation like this where a political party in this country is so radicalized, so hates the American system, that from within it uses immigration to take down the country. And that's exactly what's going on. I would encourage you to dust off your copy of Liberty and Tyranny and take a look at the immigration chapter. People are obviously using it on TV and radio. You take a look at it. It lays out what's been taking place 
and lays out when it all started and lays out the whole history of this stuff. But I'm telling you now that it was never considered politically wise to be campaigning against your own country, to be campaigning against the citizens of your own country. But the Democrats are betting that the Latinxes out there, you Latinxes, uh, that you will identify more with ethnicity uh, as they tribalize the country, as they balkanize the country, then you will identify with the country itself. That's what the Democrat leadership is banking on because that's how they conduct themselves. That's the only way they can win elections. You know, if you watch what the Democrats do and how they act, everything's a crisis. Everything's a disaster. Everything has to be done by tomorrow. It is a mirror image of our media. Is it not? You see, the left is the left. It's just a matter of what you're interested in. You can promote the progressive, the radical progressive agenda straight up as a politician. You can promote it as a, as a bureaucrat and just kind of hide, hide in the weeds. You can promote it as a news person, just claim you're defending the First Amendment and freedom of speech. Pretty cool, huh? That's why you have so many people that move in and out and in and out of the Democrat Party and Democrat administrations and Democrat staff on Capitol Hill in the me- into the media and back. By the way, there are a handful of good reporters, and I've got two on, on my Sunday show. John Solomon and Sarah Carter. Now, you might say, well, we see them all the time. You don't see these people I interview for an hour where it's just them and me and where I let them speak. There's many, many fascinating things these, these two serious journalists are going to be talking about with me. I hope you'll watch it, and you'll get to learn much more about both of them. And that's always a cool thing, too. So that's this Sunday... 10 p.m. Eastern on Fox, 7 p.m. Pacific, and all times of boats and ships at sea. Let us go to Frank, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Go. Good evening, Mr. Levin. Yes, sir. Uh, on your be- uh, the story that you opened the show with, you left out one little thing about Moses Annenberg. Yeah. And, and that was that he set up who are for horse racing in this country, right. gambling. Well, it wasn't and, that relevant to why, but you're right, to why Roosevelt went after him. He didn't care about gambling and horse racing. But it's, he was trying to take him out because he was a Republican who opposed the New Deal. I mean, I have this from their own people. That's why I'm citing them. And he wanted to take him out, and he wanted to help promote this other publisher who was a Democrat in supporting him. Yep. Uh, there's one other thing that I've been dying to tell you. This yes, sir. This is the sir. first time I ever got on the air with you. Yeah. The first time I ever heard your on-air persona, for some reason, came to mind one of my favorite characters that ever was on television, and that was Sibowitz from NYPD. <laughs> and I don't know why. Now, I know you don't look anything like him, but the first time I ever heard your voice, you make me laugh every evening, all right, because I like the way you run the show and everything, but that's the first, <laughs> I don't know why, that's Thank the you. game of mine. And with that, I want to say uh, good night. And well, what, what are you, hold on now. Where in right. Philly are you from? Where are you? Old, old city. 
Oh, you're in a nice area there. Where do you go? What restaurant do you go to there? Uh, well... They used to have, uh, what the hell was it, bookbinders I used to love down there. They, that's been gone for a while, hasn't it? Well, that's gone. That's owned by the uh, Garces Group now, who owns uh, Amada on uh, on uh, Chestnut Street. He owns a right. bunch of restaurants. Right. But there's a lot of good restaurants here. Don't ask me to pick one. All right. All right, my friend. Well, have a good weekend. Take care of yourself. Always good restaurants in Philly. Always good delis. I'm out here in uh, the exurbs in Virginia, Mr. Bidu. You couldn't find a deli if your life depended on it. You ever have a bagel and out? I better not say where exactly where I am. You ever have a bagel out here, Mr. Producer? It's basically white bread in a circle. You have real bagels in New York. There's a deli on every half block in New York. Pizza shop where you can get a great steak sandwich. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of great places. Honestly, there's nothing like New York. It's every block. Every, so you get whatever the hell you want. Whatever you want. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Events. We are surrounded by these phony events. The report. Gerald Nadler has spoken, ladies and gentlemen. Gerald Nadler now says, Well, you know what? Uh, I want that report by April 2nd. The Attorney General says, No, the fastest I can do is by the middle of April. My God, ladies and gentlemen, what are we going to do? They're about seven days apart. Maybe ten days apart. Maybe twelve. This is the big news tonight. And we want everything in the report. You don't have a right to everything in the report. Well, I'm a member of Congress. I don't care what the hell you are. You're not above the law just because you're a bloated buffoon member of Congress. May I say with all due respect. So we'll get this all week in these pseudo events. Not news, but it's pretend news. Why are the cameras on Jerry Nadler? Who cares what he said? Well, he's the chairman of the... Well, so what? He's not going to be able to enforce this. They're trying to create, through the media, which will help them, this notion that there's a cover-up going on. Look how the attorney general's delaying the report, which he's not. Uh, Look at the attorney general's political. Well, they all are. That's how they get confirmed. They don't just pop up out of the dirt. You know, you got to actually recommend them. Nominate them, get them confirmed, you know, stuff like that. <clears throat> they want all this controversy around this report and so forth and so on. And, and you see, ladies and gentlemen, this is news. This is supposed to be news. It's not news. It's irrelevant. There's no collusion. Now, let's talk about collusion for a moment. Again, I I do this in the book because I want to give context, but that's not why I'm talking to you about it. Let's talk about collusion. Excuse me. Does that sound cool when I clear my throat on the air, Mr. Bedus? I bet it's very cool. Lovely. Anyway, um, let's talk about collusion. So when Ted Kennedy, the line of the Senate, Chappaquiddick Ted, used a back channel, a former senator and a friend of his, 
to make contact ultimately with the head of the KGB, ultimately with the head of the Soviet Union, the Kremlin. Encouraging them not to deal with Reagan. Giving them ideas on how to defeat Reagan in the United States. Reagan being up for re-election. Kennedy seriously thinking about running in the Democrat primary again for the nomination on the Democrat side. Was that collusion, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, it was. That information, one memo in particular, was discovered by a British journalist. It showed up in a British newspaper. Crickets wasn't a newspaper in the United States that was of any interest to it. Not CBS or NBC or ABC. None of them had any interest whatsoever. There's collusion. Not, not interested. Our dear friend, Paul Kengor, Professor Grove City, you saw him on my Fox show as well, is a good man. Expert on many things, particularly the Cold War. He's written two books, and this subject has been a heavy focus of one and also significantly addressed in another. He hasn't been invited on a single news program to discuss it, not one, because he didn't represent a porn actress. Because they didn't want to hear what he had to say, what he wanted to communicate to the American people. Now, this information was out in the public well before the senator took ill and passed away. There were no congressional hearings, no investigations under the pretext of a Logan Act violation, no calls for a special counsel. This is a powerful senator. He's not just any senator. He's a Kennedy. No discussion in the roundtables or anything of the sort on on these various cable channels. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's still absolutely nothing. Why? That's a thousand times worse than anything this president has even been accused of. Want to hear more collusion? You had Nancy Pelosi go to Syria to meet with Bashar. A mass murder. Against the request of the President of the United States and the Commander-in-Chief, George W. Bush. He said, we're trying to isolate him and that regime. Please don't do that. She went and she took seven other Democrats. Knowingly undermined United States foreign policy. Is that collusion? Before her, we had Jim Wright, also a Democrat Speaker of the House from Fort Worth. Fort Worth Jim. He did the same with the Communists. The Sandinistas, Ortega and company, in Nicaragua. When he came back, he met with Reagan and a few of Reagan's staffers, and Reagan was fuming. And the response was, well, I'm the Speaker of the House. I have independent powers, too. I can meet with whomever I want. Oh, said Jim Wright. There's never been any collusion here. It's a complete setup by the Democrat Party that likes to use the FBI and has a history using the FBI, that likes to use the Justice Department and has a history using the Justice Department against its opponents. They went after Donald Trump when he was a candidate. They went after him when he was elected. They went after him and still are as President of the United States. They're very corrupt, and they have a very corrupt media cheering them on, in fact, leading the charge. I'll be right back. 
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add, but this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve, and subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The Mark LEVIN Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. All right. A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, even though lack of sleep ruins your performance and impacts your relationships. Well, I've got good news because how you sleep at night is all the folks over at Bowling Branch think about. That's right. They want you to get the best night's sleep possible, so they create the softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bowling Branch and all their products. From the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, they're designed with you in mind and make the right way, not the easy way. And they want you to love your Bowling Branch purchase And by the way, I really think you will. So they will give you a 30-day risk-free trial. Bowling Branch is offering you, my listeners, 30-day risk-free trial plus $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping at BowlingBranch.com with promo code MARK. That's the key. I want you to go to B-O-L-L, Bowl, B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code MARK. Get the uh, risk-free guarantee, $50 off, and the shipping if you go right now. BowlingBranch.com, promo code MARK. Jake, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hi, Mark. Good afternoon. I absolutely love your show, even though I am from the left side. I absolutely Hold on. You're from what? I, got, I don't necessarily understand all the culture. You're from the what side? I'm from the left side. Oh, the left side. Got it, got it, got it. But I love listening to your show. It's the highlight of my day. Really? Well, thank you. Absolutely. How how may I help you? I'm calling because with the issue with Joe and that woman who he allegedly cast many years ago. And, And by the way, I don't know if it's true or not, but go ahead. I really don't think it would be an issue since Trump has had so many women come out against him. Yeah. So I think he could, you know, weather the storm. Well, do you think your party really has a problem with this sort of thing anyway? I mean, given well, Chappaquiddick really. and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, What's I'll that? Admit we are, I admit we're far from perfect. No, no, nobody's perfect. But yours is the party that lionized Ted Kennedy even after Chappaquiddick, right? 
Uh, I, I mean, you have, you have to admit Trump wasn't at Chappaquiddick, right? Uh, that's correct, sir. All right, just want to make sure. So it's a party that embraces Ted Kennedy. So I don't know how this can be a party that claims to be for women. Tell me how. Well, Infanticide, is that, that's not for women, is it? What was that, sir? Infanticide, that's not a good thing, is it? That's not for women. It's not for I anybody. I believe so, Mark. Yeah. Why are you a liberal? Why well, I disagree with their policy that I really like Barack Obama. All right, he's not running again. Now, why are you a liberal? I don't know. I just like the taking care of the environment, the civil rights. They don't issues. take care of the environment. Which li- let's, let's really drill it. Which liberal takes care of the environment? Well, Kamala Harris. Uh, she hasn't done anything about the environment. Well, she's, uh, <laughs> excuse me, well, she's for the people. No, she's not. She's for liberals. Now, you know who takes care of the environment? Who? American capitalism takes care of the environment. All these techniques, all these technologies, all the, that comes from American ingenuity. Kamala, by the way, she wants to be called Kamala now. Kamala <laughs> Harris has no ingenuity. Yeah, but you and Mark, I'll be perfectly honest. I absolutely despise Bernie Sanders and AOC. Yes, yes, yes. I think Bernie Sanders, what he's doing, I'm 26 years old, and so many people and, you know, fellow millennials absolutely adore Bernie, and he is totally disingenuous because he goes around saying he wants to offer them all these free things, and he'll never deliver. And I think it is not compassionate when he goes and he lies directly to their faith, and I just can't stand those two. Jake, so, Jake, Jake, you sound pretty good to me, Jake. Now you, well, you can hold on now. You got to come on over to the uh, to the free side, to the liberty side. Is what we mean by well, Mark. Free. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. You have really changed my views on many things over the last couple of years, especially when it comes to economics. So I thank you a lot for. Well, that. I'll tell you what. I'm going to uh, don't hang up because you actually have an open mind, and I appreciate that, Jake. Uh, don't hang up. We're going to send you when it comes out. A copy of my new book. All right? Unfreedom of the Press. All right, Mark. And take care of yourself. All right. He sounds pretty good to me. I think we can bring Jake all the way over. That's just my guess. Let's continue, shall we? Kathy, Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. Liberty is the one thing that you have to give away to someone else in order for you to receive it. Well, it depends how much you give away. And when the media or the press gives away uh, fake news based on their narratives, their choices, their decisions, it's wrong information, they give a bad, bad way. And they make it so that we have to have based on their false information, wrong narratives, wrong ideas, and therefore we become one of them people, you know, the people that drink the Kool-Aid. And I believe that. I believe Mm -hmm. liberty needs to be liberty. Mm -hmm. We need to have freedom. We don't get our freedom when they take it away, and they take it away by not letting us know that they're taking it away. Mm -hmm. And little piece by little piece, right? Huh? Little piece by little piece. Exactly. Not all at once. 
Yes. And You're pretty good there, Cassie. Well, I learned this little by little. Liberty is the one thing you have to give away. You know you, know you live in the hometown originally of Joseph Biden, correct? <laughs> we call him Scrappy Joe. Really? Scrappy kid from Scrappy. Scrappy or Crappy? Scrappy? Scrappy. Uh-huh. S-C-R-A-P-P-Y. Well, I'll call him Crappy. You want to know why? And I say this with all due respect to the man. Because Crap is an organization that I founded about three weeks ago on the radio. And it is Caucasians Rejecting Anglo Privilege. Remember that. And, and I, think, I think Joe's been going around the country spewing crap, basically. <laughs> That's what he's basically been doing. Well, while he's, he while he's running around smelling women's hair. I don't know. Isn't that kind of weird if it's true? Who does that? He only shows up when he's voting, when he wants to be voted on. He's only been here since he was 10, and yes. then he moved away to Delaware. So, yes. I mean, you know, he's really only here until he was 10 years old. And he's like one of them carpetbaggers, you know, like Clinton does the same thing, Hillary. She comes here and claims Scranton as her hometown. Well, she was only here for a little while, too. But everybody um, thinks she's from here. Now, let me ask you a question. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a bridge over the Delaware River. You go from Pennsylvania to, uh, to New Jersey. And you can go from Pennsylvania into a town called Trenton, New Jersey, the capital of New Jersey. You've heard of Trenton, New Jersey. Yeah. And on that sign which is never fully lit up. There's always some bulbs that are out, by the way. It says, what Trenton makes, the world takes. <laughs> Do you have any idea what Trenton makes? <laughs> I have no idea. What, and, and I bring it up just because it rhymes with Scranton, Trenton, you know, not really, but you get my point. Yes. All right, my friend, you take care of yourself. Why am I rambling anyway? Gerald! Alexandria, Louisiana, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Mark. This is my first call to any radio or TV show. Thank you. But uh, I don't have a lot to say, but I do want to let you know just how much support you and your show have. Uh, Thank you. I am thoroughly disgusted with the direction our country is going and especially the way the Democrats are taking it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm presently almost 92 years old. Really? I'm a World War II vet. I have my wife and I have been married 69 years. We have 12 children. And I can assure you that the entire family supports you and supports uh, Donald Trump. Well, you're very, very kind. Uh, it says here you are a World War II vet. Is that right? That's correct. And I want to thank you, too. And, uh, and God bless you. And keep at it. And, I, and I'm very proud to know you're in the audience. I listen to your pro- radio program every night. Many nights is preempted by uh, sports programs. But yes. I have your app on my telephone. Well, now, that, see, you see, Gerald, that's what I'm telling everybody. You can be your own program director, right? Right, and I, and I can switch over in a hurry. And if I miss it, then I can listen to it on the podcast. Exactly. And look, you, you're able to set it up. You know more about technology than I do. 
Well, not really. <laughs> trust, trust me on that one. Yeah. Well, you sound like a sweetheart. I'll tell you what, don't hang up. We're going to send you a copy of my new book when it comes out too, Gerald. And it is a tremendous honor to know that you're out there. And I want to thank you very, very much. And for everybody, you see what Gerald said? He's almost 92 years old. He's a World War II vet, which is close to my heart because my dad was 93 and he was a World War II vet. And, uh, but you see what he did? He downloaded he downloaded my app so he can hear the podcast if he's preempted if I'm preempted rather you can do it it's really simple if I can do it and anybody can do it and it's for free we don't charge you for listening to my podcast it's free so you want to have it in your back pocket just in case we're preempted that's what I that's what I talk about all the time you can be your own program director it's the Mark Levin Show podcast. We have millions and millions of listeners every month. Now, how do you do this? We have a special page set up, marklevinshow.com, and then you put in this, the, uh, the keyword, the search for the keyword podcast in the upper right corner. There's a space to do it. It's on the homepage, right, Mr. Producer? You go to marklevinshow.com. There's the homepage, and in the upper right corner, you type in the keyword podcast and uh, you can always listen to the podcast on the Mark Levin show app it takes like 20 seconds to set this up that's it that's why I want to strongly encourage you to do it all you Levinites out the army of Levinites you should have this in your back pocket on your phone so you can listen anywhere too even if we're not preempted maybe you're preempted maybe you have something to do we'll still be there just have us right there on your podcast we'll be right back Mark Now, folks, according to the Associated Press, small businesses have an optimistic outlook this year. And with March being National Small Business Month, at LegalZoom, it's the perfect time to p- stop putting off your business needs. If you're thinking of starting a business, it's time to place a bet on you. And LegalZoom can help you personally. During National Small Business Month, LegalZoom is celebrating entrepreneurs like you for, by offering 15% off their fee for incorporating, forming an LLC, a nonprofit, and much more. And if you're not sure which type of business you need or what kind of business you want to switch to, They have tons of education and online tools to help you find the one that fits. Plus, you can save money getting legal advice that will help you run your business. Folks, LegalZoom isn't a law firm, but I put my credentials behind them. They have a network of independent attorneys, second to none, who can review contracts, help with employment laws, lease agreements, and all the rest. Place a bet on yourself and your business right now at LegalZoom.com. During the last week of National Biz Small Business Month, don't miss these special savings. Use the code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and you'll save 15% off LLCs, corporations, and more. That's LegalZoom.com, code LEVIN, LegalZoom.com, code L-E-V-I-N. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. David. Alexandria, Virginia, the great WMAL, as we like to call it, W Mall. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. It's an honor. 
Yes, sir. Thank you. As soon as we're done, I'm going to order your book. I'm going to read it. You're very kind. By the way, if you order it now, it's 40% off. I'm kind of excited about that. Yes, sir. And I'm going to have my kids in the local public schools. I'm going to have them read it. I'm going to donate it to the library there. Ah, aren't you nice? see the light of day, but we'll not. They won't have any, like, weekend book burnings there, do they? <laughs> no, sir. All right. Question. Yes, sir. Uh, regarding the president's tax returns. Yes. Uh, presumably, he's had very well-educated people, highly paid people, fill out his taxes, been submitted to the IRS, and scrutinized under audit for a long time, and nothing has ever come up. Now, temporary politicians want to get all his records and go through them. What about the Fourth Amendment, uh, which says an officer of the court has to believe a crime took place, go before a judge and say, this is what I think happened, and here's how, exactly how I'm going to investigate it. How is that not a violation of the Fourth Amendment? Well, I don't it, 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 he's, what they'll argue, and they'll get around that, or try is say, look, this is a matter of us being able to oversee what the president of the United States is doing. We don't, we don't know if his policies are based on, you see, these connections he has or business arrangements he's set up and so forth and so on. They'll come up with some kind of cockamamie argument. I think the better argument is um, you don't have any constitutional authority whatsoever to look at my tax returns. I'm the president of the United States. I'm a co-equal branch of government. I don't have the power to call the IRS as if I'm John Kennedy or Lyndon Johnson or FDR or whomever and say, you know what, bring me Pelosi's file. That would be a crime. You don't get my files either. You don't get my tax returns either. And then you litigate it all the way to the Supreme Court and take your damn slow time about it. That's what they're going to pursue him, not because he's a citizen. They'll try and pursue him under some bogus claim that, well, we're very concerned, you know, about they're not concerned about anything other than taking him out. He seems to know what he's doing in dealing with these people, doesn't he? Yes, sir, he does. And enjoy the book, David, when it comes out. My best to you Mark. and your family. God bless. Thank you, Mark. Angel, West New York, New Jersey, WABC, quickly go. Hi, how are you? Okay. Uh, I would like to reaffirm something that you say every day there, Mark. I am Cuban. I, I live in Cuba for 27 years, and after I am a doctor, a physician. I went to Venezuela after that to serve as a physician in, in Venezuela. And then everything that you say about socialism, communism, is real, right? It's mm-hmm. like no, there is nothing more like uh, like similar to a Democrat than a socialist. It's mm-hmm. the same idea. It's just like the division between the people, and it's the same. Uh, this that I that I heard from uh, Fidel Castro. I, I, I've got to go, and you're exactly right. Socialism is really the uh, the little sister of communism. There's nothing democratic about it. They use those words who actually think you're participating in decision making. The whole point about socialism is you don't get to participate in decision making. Thank you, Angel. Take care of yourself. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. 
Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin. Here are our number, 877-381-3811. I'm the only one bored with this. Trussie Smollett story. Are you bored with this story, Mr. Producer? It's exhausting. This guy, John Brennan, former head of the CIA, something about this guy. I think he was in on the fix early on. I think he was in on setting up Trump. Way too aggressive, way out there too much. Most former CIA directors, they're out there, but they're not doing the sort of thing he's doing. I I think this guy had a finger in this. I really do. And he got it wrong all the time because he was pushing propaganda. And he and others thought it was so clever that they would use this Russia collusion thing to try and take down Trump when Trump is, in fact, the victim. But our friends at the Washington Free Beacon put this really compelling montage together. I want you to listen to this. This is Brennan. Go ahead. Paul Manafort is one of the first characters who could have been um, perhaps planted there or placed there as a Russian agent. Is, is that implausible to you? Uh, no, it's not implausible. Do you believe Russia has something on him? Russians, I think, have had long experience with, with Mr. Trump and uh, may have things that uh, they could uh, expose. Is that speculation or are you talking with information? No, I'm saying that perhaps the Russians have something. What is in Donald Trump's past that the Russians have and might use against him? I think Mr. Trump is, uh, for whatever reason, uh, either intimidated by Mr. Putin, afraid of what he could do. Maybe there's something there. Uh, that the Russians may have something on him personally. That's why I use the term that this is nothing short of treasonous because it is a betrayal of the nation. You go to the word treason, it suggests that you think the president may be I think the president serving, has- another, serving a foreign country rather than our own. Well, yeah. He is giving aid and comfort to the enemy. You are the former CIA actions. director accusing the sitting president of the United States. It's not a private citizen. A lot of people hear the former CIA director accusing the sitting president of the United States of treason. That's... That's, monum- that's a monumental accusation. Uh, well, I think these are abnormal times. That Mr. Trump's claims of no collusion are hogwash is because there is collusion, I think, in open sight now. I have seen the lights blinking red in terms of what Mr. Trump has done and is doing. So if anybody from the Trump family, an extended family, is going to be indicted, it would be in the final act of Mueller's investigation. And I think that's why he's been so desperate to stop the Mueller investigation. He is going to be delivering what I think are going to be his indictments, the final indictments, as well as the report that he gives the Attorney General. Well, I don't know if I received bad information, but I think I suspected that there was more than there actually was. Shouldn't this guy be walking around 
the planet for the rest of time with a paper bag over his head? I think so, don't you? But he won't be. I think he's going to be a very popular uh, guest, continue to be a very popular guest, is my guess. I mean, let me put it to you this way. These newsrooms, they are owned by these large corporations. I'm not anti-corporation, pro, I'm just pro-liberty, pro-capitalism. One of these large corporations is going to step up and clean things up. These newsrooms are not newsrooms. They're propaganda rooms. And they continue to make the decision to bring clowns like this onto their broadcasts. When is Comcast going to do something about MSNBC? NBC, too, for that matter. When is AT&T going to do something about CNN? This is how you have accountability, ladies and gentlemen. The employers, the bosses. They're supposed to do something about this. These people who managed to get these TV shows, managed to call themselves reporters, managed to be on the air... That's almost happenstance. Dumb luck. With the emphasis on dumb. But what is it? They can't be removed? They can't be fired for cause? If you're a serious business person and you own, as part of a corporation, one of these newsrooms, so-called, wouldn't you say, you know what, I want an assessment of this. We blew the election. We've blown this collusion thing. We got half the country who hates us. That's not the way to run a business. We're undermining freedom of speech. We're undermining freedom of the press. We're embarrassing ourselves. That's what a real executive would do. And there ought to be executives outside of the newsroom, outside of the news business, who can take a fresh look at this. Look, this is what they say about the uh, Mueller report. Barr is a political appointee. Every appointee is a political appointee, you idiots. By the very nature of the phrase, an appointee. But you get my point? Why is an AT&T, which we fund day in and day out, applying normal standards to the activities that go on at CNN? Why isn't Comcast doing the same thing when it comes to MSNBC and, for that matter, NBC? If they're not going to do it, who's going to do it? And I'm starting to think... That's where the pressure needs to be. You're an investor or can be an investor through your mutual funds, your pension, whatever it is, in AT&T and Comcast. I'll bet you have some stocks in that. You don't even know. I've got a mutual fund. I don't know what the hell they put their money in or my money in. But there ought to be some accountability. There ought to be some accountability. And constantly saying there ought to be accountability And trying to press these newsrooms for accountability, of course they're not going to be accountable. Because nobody's managing them. And I'm not saying they need to be pro-government, pro-Trump, anti-that. No. They don't even seek facts and truth anymore without spin on it. When the executives at AT AT&T watch Jim Acosta's performance, disrupting a presidential press conference, Disrupting communication between the American people and their president. That should concern them. But apparently it doesn't concern them. 
Apparently they like what's going on. Let me tell you what's going to happen. When Trump eventually does leave the presidency, hopefully not for another six years, these cable channels are going to collapse, MSNBC and CNN, because they have to keep creating boogeymen. They have trained their viewers to hate, not to be smart, not to be inquisitive, not to be curious, to hate. They've trained their viewers to embrace dishonesty, slogans. That's how they've trained their viewers. Fine. But when Donald Trump leaves, sure, they're going to pick other targets. They're going to create other enemies, but there'll never be one like Donald Trump. For the haters, he's bigger than life. He's bigger than life. They will plummet. They're not going to know what to do. What about Fox, Mark? Won't they plummet? No, they won't. Fox was strong before. It's stronger now, but it'll be stronger later. That's my opinion. But I think what has to happen here is these major corporations, we use their products, AT&T and Comcast and so forth. They've got to clean this up for the sake of the country, for the sake of of freedom of the press, or we're going to continue to have unfreedom of the press. We have these individual actors of the same sort of groupthink, one to the other, who have hijacked our news systems and used them for their own self-aggrandizement as well as their own politics. That's what's going on. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. Don't forget tonight, I'm on Hannity TV on Fox. It starts in about 40 minutes. Don't forget Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We have... Uh, Life, Liberty, and Levin. Did I even mention who's on there, Mr. Producer? I don't recall. I did. Sarah Carter, John Solomon, two of the great real journalists in this country. I spent an entire hour with them. Nobody does that. You're going to learn a lot about them, what they've been doing, how they did what they did. And they deserve our attention, I think. And anybody who wants to be a journalist really needs to pay attention to them and and ignore most of the rest. I think that's very important. So uh, Schiff is still the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee. He should be the chairman of the House Stupid Committee, but there you have it. The Republicans did a good thing. They issued a letter. It was read on the, uh, to the public by the ranking Republican on the committee saying, look, we don't have any faith in you. Basically, I'll just summarize it. You're a lying, stinking bag of garbage. But, of course, he's not going to leave. So uh, right after listening to Schiff, a clip of Adam Schiff, here's Scarborough Brzezinski. Or is it Brzezinski Scarborough, Mr. Producer? Cut five, go. Oh, my God. That was amazing. San Susan Del Percio. That's just what we were saying before. Yep. They've overreached. They are trying to defend the indefensible. They are hiding 
behind Donald Trump's own Roy Cohn, William Barr. Yeah, All right, let, let, let's just wait a second. Now they're trying to destroy Bill Barr. Bill Barr has been a highly respected attorney for decades. This is his second time as attorney general. He was general counsel of a major corporation. He's actually quite a brilliant lawyer. He's very low-key. He's circumspect. He's cerebral. He's the perfect man in the job for attorney general of the United States right now. And for low IQ, sleazeball, Joe Scarborough, to now start trashing this man's character is unconscionable. Unconscionable. I don't think Scarborough realizes how grotesque he is and how he comes off. He tries to play the game that the Republicans are hiding behind Trump. Nobody's hiding behind anybody except Joe. Joe's bread and butter comes from the left. Joe's bread and butter comes from MSNBC. He had to join the kook parade. He had to be a knucklehead, or at least emphasize his knuckleheadedness, in order to get this gig. He couldn't get one anywhere else. Fox wouldn't have him. He was kicked off a radio with his now bride. And there he is, the favorite host of the North Korean generals. On MSLSD. Let me tell you something. My Sunday show is 10 p.m. on Sunday night Eastern time. It's the worst time slot in cable. It's exactly why I picked it. To demonstrate to everybody a good show, a good format, a good host, good guests. They'll work anytime, anywhere. And that's exactly what we've demonstrated. My show at 10 p.m. Eastern time. On Sunday, when most of you are going to bed or thinking about going to bed has far more viewers than Joe Scarborough's primetime weekday morning show. Now, why is that? Because the great people of America don't know where to find him? Of course not. Because the great people of America are too stupid to focus on him? Of course not. Because he sucks, that's why. And Joe Biden would say, four-letter word, S-U-C-K-S. After he's done smelling your hair, but that's a whole other problem. So now Joe Scarborough is going to trash Bill Barr. You want to know why? Because Pelosi's trashing Barr. Because Schumer's trashing Barr. The signal's been sent to the Democrat Party media. And now they're all there. The Rockettes in the media dancing across the stage. Left foot up, left foot up, right foot up, right foot up. Come this way, go that way. That's Joe. The schmo. So let's start from the top. Go ahead, Mr. Producer, go. Oh, my God. Let me tell that you was something. amazing. Send Susan Del Percio. Send Susan Del Percio. Who the hell is Susan Del Percio, Rich? Is that one of their many guests? Susan Del Percio. Yes, send Susan Del Percio. She's the best. Who the hell is she? I don't know. Susan Del Percio. Go ahead. We were saying before. Yep. They've overreached. They are trying to defend the indefensible. Yes. They are hiding 
behind Donald Trump's own Roy Cohn, William Barr. Yeah, I said it. Uh, yeah, Trump. I said it. You don't even have original phrases. Yeah, you said it, and you're dim with it. Yeah, I said it. I said it. I'm here in the studio at MSLSD. I said it. Go ahead. Own Roy Cohn, who squeezes together a couple of sentence fragments and puts it in a letter while trying to keep from All the right, American This guy's barely literate, stumbling over his own, uh, his own vowels and consonants, which means he's stumbling altogether. And we want to thank Mika for her great contribution. Did you hear her, Mr. Producer? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very, uh, very, very compelling morning uh, radio. Wake up to this, you go back to sleep. Holy mackerel, is that the best they can do on MSLSD? I think it is. I used to think this was a step up from Al Sharpton. Now I don't think so. And by the way, Rachel Maddow, night after night, the conspiracy nut. The left is always told, you know, she's so brilliant. She, her IQ is through the... She's, she's, yeah, she's so cerebral. We've never seen anything like this. And then there's this conspiracy. You see this one here worked with this one and this one, six degrees. And, the, and they watch this stuff. Although less and less, her ratings have plummeted. But they watch this stuff. And many of them believe it on the left. Well, must be right because Rachel Maddow said it. Must be right. Why? Who is she? Where'd she come from? I don't know. Where did she come from, Rich? Do you know? You don't need to look it up off the top yet. Do you know? How did the fa- Was she a, a failed radio host? Why do all the failed radio hosts wind up on uh, MSLSD? Or just LSD? And so now we have uh, Rachel Maddow. Her ratings are plummeting. You want to know why? Because her low IQ audience... Listen to this, Joe. That's right, I said it. Her low IQ audience... Very upset. Rachel, you told us that the president was involved in collusion. Well, he still is. He still is. That's just a legal matter. No, you told us the Mueller report. We should wait for the Mueller report. Well, we don't have it yet. We don't have it yet. Just hold on. We'll get it. We'll get it. Hold on. on. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. This is what I meant by pseudo-events. Pseudo-events are fake events. And at some point, it peters out. Then you've got to go on to the next pseudo-event. that You've got to keep... Keep the pressure on. It has to keep getting tighter and tighter, more hysterical and more hysterical. It is the media in this country, it is the press in this country that has dragged us to this point. I'm just being honest with you. That have dragged us to this point. I'll be right back. heard of Lady Liberty? Well, this is Mr. Liberty. The Mark Levin Show. Call him now at 877-381-3811. Man, oh man, we are blazing at Blaze TV. You know, for two years on Levin TV, we've made headlines for telling the truth about the silent coup against President Trump. In fact, our own phrases now have been picked up by other TV and radio hosts. And now the president has been vindicated. No collusion, no conspiracies, no secret indictments, none of it, like we said all along. 
But this fight isn't over. It's just beginning for us over at Levin TV. And I know it's not over for you. Many of these Democrats in Congress, you see them, they're not pro-American. They're pro-themselves. And they want to destroy the president and his family. And they need to be held to account. They must be held to account for what they've done and what they plan to do. Quite frankly, so do Obama, Hillary, and their obedient mouthpieces in the media. Now, you have a choice. You have a choice about what to watch and where to spend your money. It can go toward propagandists masquerading as journalists, or you can set aside less than 8 bucks a month for a network that covers the stories that matter and refuses to give up on this country. In fact, we defend it. And we're not backing down on Blaze TV and our network there and on the Levin TV program. And folks, I want you with me. I want you with me. We've been doing this for three years. We're going into our fourth year. Some of you haven't joined us yet. Come, come join us. Just use promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, and start your free trial now at blazetv.com, promo code LEVIN. Or just give us a call, those of you sitting in your cars right now in traffic or maybe you're putzing around texting or something. Take that phone. Try this. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. Again, 844-LEVIN-TV. Give us a call right now. Our folks are there. I know it's Friday evening. I know it. I checked the calendar. I looked at the clock, but we're still working. And they are over there at Blaze and Levin TV, okay? I know you're going to love it. Don't forget, in less than a half hour, Hannity TV on the Fox News Channel. I will be there. We're going to have some, some fun times there. Don't forget Sunday. Life, Liberty, and Levin. I'm going to be there too. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. It is a great interview with two of the great journalists of our time. John Solomon and Sarah Carter. So I hope you'll check us out. And let's see. What, oh, folks. Mr. Producer, will you go on Amazon and see where our book is? This is our book, folks. It's not really just mine. It's ours. It's based on things that we've discussed when you call me. What about the media? What can we do about the media? Why is the media this way? And apart from talking points and superficial points that you hear all day long, I've got the answers for you, all of us. We're number six on Amazon. Good. Let's see if we can get into the top five. We haven't been there yet. It's 40% off still. 40% off still, $16.80 for a $28 book. I mean, come on. They don't always do that. It's very important when they first put a book out. It'll come out on May 21st. You can pre-order. We'll have some announcements on some of our book signings probably next week or shortly thereafter. And I'd love to see you by the thousands. Let's send a message to everybody. And I sit there happily and greet you and shake your hands. And if you have a dog, I want to see your dog, assuming that the location allows it. I really do. And I'm there with my beautiful wife, and we look forward to seeing you all. Every two years, this is my way to get out and meet as many of you as humanly possible. And so we'll try to make that happen, too. This is going to be fun, informative, entertaining, and substantive. All right? Let us go to uh, Rich Milford, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. It's Lou. Rich, Rich took the call. Well, they put Rich uh, up there, but you know who you are, Lou. Quite all right. Yes. So, 
your appearances on uh, Hannity have made a fan out of my mom, who's in her 80s. Oh, thank and, her for uh, me. I just discovered last weekend that she's uh, DVRing your Sunday evening show. Really? And we, yes, and, and she's, she's, she really loves it, Mark. And, you know what uh, amazes me, Lou, and I mean this honestly? We had the 92-year-old gentleman, the World War II vet. He's downloaded the show on his app so he can listen when we're preempted on some radio station. Your mother's DVRing. It took me forever to figure out how to do all this stuff. And they, that generation, they just do what they need to do. Do you know what I mean? I, I speak about you all the time, and unfortunately she has an old flip phone. So uh, my intention is for Mother's Day. I sent her a call. Hold on, don't tell her. Shh, shh. She might be listening. No, she isn't. Oh, all right. Then tell us. Anyway, what I'm going to do for her is I I pre-ordered a half a dozen books. I'm sending one to her. Thank you. But for Mother's Mother's Day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a a subscription for her for Blaze TV. Why why don't you just try and get through before then, and I'll take care of her. Try and get through? On the air. Remind me. Oh, oh, oh. Uh... But I, I will have her bring the bring the app up so that she can listen to the radio show on the podcast. Okay. That'll be very cool. I mean, that's all free. Right. And by, and by the way, people are constantly trying to make me caught. You know what the word they use? Let's monetize this. And I say, I have an idea. Let's not. So the podcast is free. That's why I want all of you to download it as much, you know, the access to it. As many of you do it as soon as possible. Go ahead and do it. And I, don't, I only have so much control over this. I get people all the time to download the podcast, especially if you go into an important rant. And I say, look, listen to this uh, at least two or three a month, Mark, easily. Thank you. Uh, so I just Now, Lou, remind that. me, what part of Connecticut you've told me? Oh, Milford. No, yeah, I'm, I'm 10 minutes from New Haven. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about it is one of the reasons why she... Well, you know, as we always say, all roads go through New Haven, my friend. <laughs> she she still volunteers Monday mornings at Yellowhaven Hospital, so she doesn't stay up to see the show. Really? That's why she, that's why she DVRs it. So uh, it's 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 a great thing. Whatever works, she's going to like Sunday's show. All right, Lou. Thank you, my brother. Take care of yourself. Justin, Cape Coral, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Hello. Uh, I just yellow yellow yellow. I, I, I love I love your show. Thank you. And I uh, also have a question for you about Robert Mueller. Yes. yes. I, I wanted to ask you what your opinion is. Do you really think – I actually had two things for you. Uh, do you really think that the Democrats are really willing to go as far as uh, po- putting out possible indictments to get them just to him just because – Well, they're, they're, he, the Democrats can't indict him. Maybe impeachment, you mean. Yes. And, do, and do, I, I do I think they'll go that far? I think uh, it's, it's quite possible that they will. And I think their view is, you know, let's keep pounding him. Let's keep harassing him. Let's burden him. Let's obstruct him. Let's try and get information. He files these huge tax returns. Let's look in there. At a minimum, we can try and defeat him. I've said before, and this is very, very important, Justin. They're using our tax dollars. They're using the House of Representatives. They are using the subpoena power for opposition research in the next campaign. In the end, that's what this is all about, whether they seek to impeach or not. They are using our federal tax dollars, our House of Representatives, 
our employees who we pay, we pay their pensions, their health care, their salaries, their glasses. Every time they take a crap, we pay for all that. And they're using those people, our resources, that building to do opposition research for the Democrat Party and the eventual Democrat candidate against Trump. And it's time that Republicans call them out for that, too, during committee hearings. Right. And also, I do have one final question for you, if yeah. you don't mind. Um, what if what um, if you don't mind, uh, yeah. what type of. Um, all right. This is about capitalism. Now, uh, you know, what, as Mo would say on the Three Stooges, take your time, but hurry up. Go ahead. OK. okay. Now, what type of influence does capitalism make on this country today? What kind of influence? Yeah. Ca- capitalism isn't something you just, you know, we're going to put in place this capitalist system. Capitalism is natural. Capitalism is about voluntary trade, voluntary commerce. It's about making things and selling things. It's about acquiring things. It's about investing in things. Capitalism is the closest thing that you have to a natural economic system that can possibly exist. Socialism requires the iron fist of a police state. It could be a soft police state. It could be a hard police state, but it needs government to compel, to find, to punish, to order, to direct. That's not how capitalism works. Adam Smith talked about the invisible hand, and he's exactly right. So your question is what? It was just uh, what type of influence did they make? Uh, like how how is it do, that they kind of you know like help this country in a way? That's just what I was. How, to who is ask. they? Who are they? The the capitalists. Uh, how do they help like this country? Yes. You gonna have dinner tonight? <laughs> sure. All right, my friend. Well, there you are. Yeah, we eat him. We eat because of capitalism. We drink because of capitalism. We are mobile in cars and bikes and you name motorcycles because of capitalism. You have a home because of capitalism. You have, uh, you have electricity because of capitalism. You have blankets and sheets and pillows and beds because of capitalism. You have a refrigerator, a dryer, a washer, capitalism. It's all capitalism. All the government does is regulate. All right, my friend, I have quieted you with my brilliance. What is it? Oh, does your office chair support you? Uh, If you're lucky, maybe it goes up and down. If you're lucky, compare that to my ex-chair with dynamic, variable, lumbar support, or we call it DVL in the business. The ex-chair's DVL provides unbelievably comfortable lumbar support, and every part of the chair can be custom-adjusted to fit you. Now, that's why... The X-Chair is equally supportive and comfortable. Whether you're 5 feet 2 inches tall and 110 pounds or 6 feet 4 inches tall and 250 pounds. I can comfortably sit for hours in my X-Chair. And now with the introduction of the X-Basic model, there's an X-Chair for every body type and budget. Take advantage of X-Chair's new financing option. Pay as little as 30 bucks a month. And take your comfort and productivity to the next level for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. Now, X-Chair is on sale now, as I speak, for 100 bucks off. Just go to xchairlevin.com, xchairlevin.com, or those of you with your phones, here's a number, 1-844-4X-Chair, 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Let me tell you, your office chair doesn't do that. It barely goes up and down.
So go to extralevin.com, extralevin.com. And now if you use code XWheels, you'll receive a free set of the new XWheels with your chair. Just go to xchairlevin.com and see what's cooking over there. And I really strongly encourage you to pull the trigger and finally get a chair that you're going to love. I love mine. All right. Marta Sussex. Oh, I have to take a break. I'm sorry. Sorry, Marta. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go to Pete, Eatonton, Georgia, I believe. How are you, Pete? 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 Yeah. Yes. You're I'm on. well. How are you? Good. Go right ahead, please. Yeah, I called. I, I agree with you about uh, Brennan. I mean, that guy, he was in the perfect position to do what needed to be done to cause all this. I mean, if, if there's one guy I would love to see go to prison, it's that guy with McCabe and Clapper are both running a close second. So you want to see a threesome in a very small cell? Is that about right? Oh sir? man, that would be that would be, I think apropos. I think that'd be right. And uh, yeah, I think so. You agree with me that Brennan had a big hand in whatever took place here? I think he took the lead. I mean, he got instructions and he made it all happen. I think. And Obama, is he as clueless as he seems to suggest by his absence? Not a chance. Come Not on. a chance. You're exactly right. No way. And, no. of course, the media love him, so they're never going to pursue him. But if there's uh, a special counsel with any luck, they'll have to ask him what he knew. Uh, he should at least be interviewed. He should be made to say something. And guess what? He's not president anymore, so he cannot claim separation of powers. Now can he? That's correct. He's a citizen, and we can question him. And I'm sure yeah. all the legal analysts are going to support that because they're going to want to get to the bottom of it, aren't oh, they, Pete? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Thanks for your call, buddy. Be well. Every Friday, ladies and gentlemen, come hell or high water, in honor of you. Here we go.
Don't forget, 10 p.m. this Sunday, folks, on Fox. We look forward to seeing you. Don't forget, in just a few minutes, I'll be on Hannity. Don't forget that either. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, Border Patrol and ICE, and all our federal, state, and local law enforcement. Thank you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. And don't forget, jump on Amazon, take a crack at the book. And I'll see you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend.